Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. I don't want to come off as a snob, but a majority of network TV shows are garbage. A majority of network comedies and dramas have the feel of being constructed by executives in search of programming that has a middle-of-the-road appeal, something that 15 to 20 million people will reliably tune into each week which won't offend too much so as to avoid jeopardizing a returning fan base. So the fact that NBC took a gamble on Brian Fuller's Hannibal is one that should absolutely not have worked, given their Stepford wife approach to designing programs. You would expect storytelling this dark, this gory, this disturbing to find itself at home at a premium cable network, in HBO or our stars. More of a niche audience that are looking for a weekly horror-oriented series that pushes boundaries that previously only horror films had ever even considered approaching. And that's exactly what Brian Fuller created. The entirety of Hannibal's three-season run is currently streaming on Netflix. Spanning 39 episodes from 2013 to 2015, Hannibal remains a revolutionary example about the possibilities for serialized horror. Hannibal focuses on criminal profile Will Graham, played by Hugh Dancy, who aids the FBI in hunting serial killers. Graham's innate ability to empathize with anyone allows him the ability to deconstruct and recreate psychopaths' murders, helping to catch them, but at a great cost. Will's ability to empathize causes him to lose a little bit of himself each time he uses his ability to, quote, become a killer, takes a grand toll. But when Graham and the FBI are presented with a new breed of serial killer, they enlist the expertise of the brilliant psychiatrist Hannibal Lecter, played by Mads Mikkelsen. The series occurs before Lecter is outed as a serial killer. Lecter and Graham's partnership leads to numerous arrests, though one mysterious killer remains elusive, always one step ahead of them. The killer, of course, being Dr. Lecter himself. That isn't really a spoil, as Hannibal Lecter, aka King Cannibal, is widely regarded as one of the most notorious horror villains of all time. This is mostly due to Anthony Hopkins' Oscar-winning performance in Silence of the Lambs. The character became instantly iconic for his Dr. and Jekyll Hyde demeanor shifting from vast intellect to bloodthirsty violence. Given how prolific Hopkins' performance and the character of Lecter are, to even consider telling a new Hannibal Lecter story without Hopkins seemed illogical. If you think horror fans take issue with remakes, wait until we hear someone is replacing an icon. Initially, it'd be like hearing someone other than Robert Ingold was cast to play Freddy Krueger. And yet, showrunner Brian Fuller managed to not only bring in a new actor to take on the cannibalistic reigns of Dr. Lecter, but he provided us with a new type of evil altogether. I spent the better part of the weekend re-watching Hannibal Season 1, and from the very first episode, the notion that a character belongs to one actor is revealed as an antiquated one. Much like remakes of film, no one casting has a bearing on the original source material. Mads Mikkelsen's performance as Hannibal is terrific, and it could not be more different than Anthony Hopkins' performance. Most know Mikkelsen from recent films such as Arctic, Doctor Strange, or as the antagonist in Casino Royale. But Mads has had a varied and versatile career spanning almost 30 years. Mads' portrayal of Hannibal is far more reserved than one might expect, but in the best way possible. He chooses each syllable carefully, though his vast intellect still shines. This results in him having an effect of someone who is internally playing chess while the world around him is playing checkers. You can see the gears turning in his head as he's planning not one or two moves ahead of Will and the FBI, but four or five. Mads also brings an elegance to the character, which is a direct contrast to the monster hiding behind his people mask. This is the largest shift from past Hannibal Lecter's, as rather than being able to see Hopkins being capable of the crimes he's committed, the same cannot be said for Mads. The figurative societal mask that Mads wears is one of refined elegance, dressing himself in only the most exquisite suits and clothing. Despite some of his fits blending abstract or flamboyant colors, 
His character is confidently presented as someone who, while not dismissive of others, is elevated to those around him. You would never assume the same man wearing an expensive and complex fit of clothing would be moonlighting as a cannibalistic serial killer. His love of the fine arts, music, architecture, and philosophy presents a more varied intellectual Hannibal that makes him an endless enigma of information. His elegance is further displayed in his fondness for lavish meals that he prepares for characters throughout all three seasons. These elaborately constructed meals show the character's refined palate, as well as his sinister nature, as the main course being served to guests often includes a piece of a victim's body. Rather than the brash and in-your-face revolting nature of the Ray Liotta brain-serving scene from Ridley Scott's Hannibal, Fuller opts instead for Hannibal to present the remains of his victims within these exotically scrumptious-looking dishes. The way that these cooking sequences are shot and presented give a great deal of insight into Hannibal himself. His meticulously planning, his fine attention to detail, and his savagery with which he produces his produce. Whether he's servicing an adversary or someone who's particularly rude to him, Hannibal avoids ever becoming a generic vanilla killer through his unconventional elegance and aesthetic. For my money, Mads Mikaelson's more reserved yet far more brutal portrayal of Hannibal Lecter is my favorite portrayal of the character to date. His ability to hide within plain sight of his colleagues who are hunting him while struggling internally with his psychopathic tendencies and attempts at maintaining friendships is as fascinating as his character is compellingly complicated. Something I didn't know the character of Hannibal was capable of. For as strong as Mad's performance is, the longevity of a series cannot solely rest on the shoulders of one man. Hannibal works as well as it does as a serialized horror drama, thanks to a strong overall cast and a conception of television horror unlike anything we'd previously seen. Hannibal's relationship with Will Graham goes far beyond an agent hunting a killer, taking on many complicated stages and twists and turns. Over the course of the first season, we see Hannibal manipulate Will and other members of the FBI for his own sick amusement, but this doesn't last. We see Hannibal grow a fondness for Will, and their complicated relationship evolves from friendship to adversaries to something else entirely. This tumultuous relationship is handled with such care and craft that it never comes off as a melodrama or overly heavy-handed. Seeing how Will's relationship with Jack Crawford, played by Lawrence Fishburne, and the rest of the serial killer task force is manipulated and exploited to unimaginable bounds makes for a narrative lacking the procedural nature of most network series. Its plot grows darker and darker, making it nearly impossible to guess the next horrifying plot point, and horrifying it will become. Seven years later, I remain absolutely stunned by what Brian Fuller was able to get away with, considering Hannibal was on NBC. The show remains one of the goriest horror series I've ever seen, capturing Hannibal's and other serial killers' depravity with each and every episode. Seriously. There are a number of instances of kills or corpses that Will and the FBI uncover that would be right at home in an R-rated feature film. This may not seem like a big deal to most, but it's incredibly important given it establishes the series as a welcomed continuation of the Hannibal Lecter IP. It never feels watered down, managing to avoid that adaptation conversation that so many horror fans are divided on. One particular kill has Hannibal decapitating a man at the mouth with a pair of household scissors. Another sees a serial killer who turns a man into a human cello, sticking the handle of the instrument down his throat, severing his vocal cords so that he can reach the strings of the instrument. It's some truly sickening stuff, but it's absolutely in line with the characters who inhabit the show's world. With this continued dedication to outdoing its own gory kills, one might worry that this would overshadow the series' character relationships and narrative. And even here, Hannibal continually shines throughout. There's also Hugh Dancy's performance as Will Graham that's equally as strong. Seeing not only Will's descent into madness, as Hannibal's games drive him to new, unimaginable places, but also the scenes where we see him utilize his empathy. These scenes involve Will looking over evidence of a crime, and then placing himself in the role of the killer, acting out these sickening actions. But this is more than a simple recreation of the crimes. These moments often serve as strong monologues by Dancy, detailing the mindset of a killer in their design or the act of killing. Once more, 
Given the gory kills of the show, you may assume its writing would suffer as a result. This is simply not the case. These monologues are just as haunting as the goriest of kills, given Dancy places us in the killer's mindset, displaying the true depravity of psychopaths. The relationship of characters are constantly evolving. Their cases become more involving, but never devolves into a formulaic nature of crime series such as a CSI or Criminal Minds. The relationship of Hannibal and Will is always at the center of every episode, interwoven into the cases in which they solve together. The show has such a fantastic balance of all these elements that it makes it incredibly bingeable and remains unlike anything else that's been on TV since. Now, the series ended in 2015, and it ends somewhat ambiguously. NBC axed the series after a decline in viewership, but we have to remember that a decline in viewership on a major network like NBC does not necessarily equate to a failure. Fans of the show revered it in its entirety, as did critics. This is clearly not a middle-of-the-road horror drama that you'd expect from a major network. And to be fair, it is extremely horror-oriented, making its appeal to more of a niche viewer base than NBC is more than likely accustomed to. The result of this has led to the fandom hoping for a revival on a streaming platform such as a Netflix or Amazon. Over the course of the last five years, there have been occasional statements from Fuller, Dancy, or Mads who have all said they are willing to tackle a fourth season if they can find the right home for the project. Even as recently as January of 2019, Mads Mikaelson gave an interview with BloodyDisgusting.com stating that he suspected Fuller to be securing rights to The Silence of the Lambs, saying in full, yeah, I think there's always new hope. I haven't heard anything specific. I know Brian is still working on some ideas where we can find a new home for this. I also have a strong feeling that everybody who was involved in it would gladly pick up the glove again if that happens. I don't know where they looked. This is above my paycheck, but I know they've been talking to different studios. I know that Fuller was working to get the rights to Silence of the Lambs so he could get in there and use some of those characters for his own universe. I have a hunch that might be where we're going. Granted, this is mostly speculation, and as Mads himself states, it's above his pay grade. But hearing one of the key components speak on a project many have assumed was dead in the water instills hope that a fourth season will eventually, hopefully, materialize. That being said, the third season wraps in a satisfactory manner that could be continued, but won't leave fans screaming at their TV sets. I truly cannot recommend Hannibal enough, as it remains one of horror's strongest series accomplishments, giving its all to horror fans, but also for existing for as long as it did. Three years of compelling characters, brutal kills, and a glorious reinterpretation of one of horror's most iconic killers. For fans of crime shows such as Criminal Minds that are looking for the next, much darker step, look no further than Hannibal, and I highly, highly recommend you binge all three seasons while they're currently streaming on Netflix. And that's going to do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys soon for another Daily Horror Movie Review. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Daily Horror Habit podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service. And follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram or at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.